stop Ouija. I don't have enough arcane power. Where am I needed? I need fury, not enough hatred. Resupply here! Spawn more overlords. They're taking the point! I can't for me! Yes! Victory! Greetings, friends, fellow gamers, and anybody who is enjoying the turn to spring. Hopefully that's everybody, depending on where you live. Uh, this is Ryan with Not Enough Resources, a bi-weekly gaming podcast, and I am joined this week by my co-host, Dylan. Dylan, how you doing? Guten Abend, Ryan. <laughs> Guten Abend? I'm doing well. Oh, okay. Uh, finishing up the semester. Well, no, Guten Abend is German for good day. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, should have. Nah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm excited. And uh, let's let's talk about some games. A lot going on right now. Perfect, perfect. Well, um, first things first. I uh, as soon as my semester's over, which will be in a couple weeks, I'm going to be throwing myself into a bunch of streaming stuff. Um, probably some Heroes of the Storm, considering how great 2.0 is and how much fun that is, and definitely some Star Wars: The Old Republic. I've been having fun doing that. Um, nice. Dylan, do you have any streaming plans for the future? Man, I, I need to start streaming again. I had a couple of friends of mine ask for help um, in raising money for just like various kind of charity work type things. Yeah. And so I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to help, and I can't help monetarily, but if I can be entertaining on stream and, and get some money their way, I'd like to do that. Perfect, perfect. Well, I hope those endeavors pan out i i always enjoy watching charity streams it's always a fun time for all involved raising money for great causes seeing some crazy stuff um my favorites are always the uh sgdq and agdq which is awesome games done quick and summer games done quick it's a speed running uh charity drive that runs for seven days straight that's always a good time those are Um, awesome yeah those ones those ones are always fun to watch and then i like watching um just random streams. There was one I watched for Child's Play uh, via Extra Life last year where they played every single Mario game and they didn't really set themselves with a time limit. They just said, we're going to play until we finish them all. That's awesome. And yeah, there's there's a lot of really bad Mario games. Everybody likes to think that Mario's like this pinnacle of gaming. and Oh, I no, mean, definitely not. I wholeheartedly disagree with that notion. Yeah, there is there are a lot of bad Mario games out there. And like these guys were crazy. They were even going through and doing uh like all the sports titles and Oh, that's what I was just about to yeah. ask. If they if they really rounded it out and played yeah. Super Super Mario Strikers. Yeah, they they did Strikers, they did golf, um they did every single Mario party and the oh. way they considered it beaten, quote unquote, is um they had to play every single map. So, okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Did they well, play? It they sucks t- because on like six and seven, you have to like play X amount of matches to unlock a certain map, and like oh. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did they play straight through? Were they like in shifts or? Yeah, they break? were. They were doing shifts. There was like uh, twelve, fourteen people doing this. So that's awesome. yeah, they were in shifts. Yeah, I mean, I I love watching charity streams. It's it's one of my favorite things about yeah, streaming I- and about gaming. Yeah, you can really contribute to to not just the gaming community, but just 
good feelings, good vibes in general. Yeah. Yeah, um, Summer Games Done Quick and Awesome Games Done Quick, they always do either um, the American Cancer Society or, uh, uh, what's the other one? Doctors Without Borders. Uh, those are the two that they always do. And then Extra Life is a giant community one that runs in November. They do 20, it's 24-hour streams, but uh, everybody in the Extra Life community participates. So, you know, you've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of streams for this. So yeah. that one's always good. And that one goes uh, to child's play, which is the penny arcade foundation. Uh, the, the child's play, they, you know, use their money to buy things like uh, Nintendo DSs and stuff like that for kids that, you know, are like stuck in children's hospitals and things like that, just to, you know, give them something to look forward to, which I think is, light, light. is great. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Um, anyway, Dylan, what have you been playing recently? Uh, I've been playing Here's the Storm 2.0 this week. Um, I also have gotten back into the League of Legends ranked ladder, which we can talk about that later. But mostly I want to talk about Here's the Storm 2.0. Yeah, um, I mean, I've been playing with you here and there when I can. Um, why don't we just start off on that since it's Let, something that we can both contribute to? Yeah, let's start out with how stupid Genji is. <laughs> yeah, why is Genji so stupid? We we talked about this uh, last week about oh, here's the storm's character or Overwatch characters coming to Heroes of the Storm here's and the storm. how they translate well and how do you think yeah. Genji translates? Genji translated awfully, um, for a lot of reasons, like. First off, why why does a ranged carry have so much mobility and like 1.75 or 1.5 seconds of invulnerability? Up yeah. up every 16 seconds and his his jump is up every 10 seconds. And he's ranged. And yeah. yeah, so currently he's pretty ridiculous. I understand um most MOBAs release new characters, heroes, champions, whatever you want to call them, a little bit overpowered. And I think that's fine. But yeah, and then tune down. Tune down from there, because you need people to play them, and they won't if they're underpowered. And uh, also, like, you want to make money, that's an easy way to make money. I, I completely get it. Yeah. On the other side of that, um, I I can't stand playing against Genji currently. Like, it's it's really frustrating. It's landing like a full range stitches hook and ulting the genji and not getting the kill is cancerous yeah it, it it doesn't feel good for the stitches player and i'm sure the genji player is laughing his way to the bank for sure um i will say like his secondary ulti though i feel like is not strong enough um unless you're on like a map where you're going to have like a 5v5 fight his uh, that's that's ulti. the cross slash, right? The, that's the, the cross slash, slash or whatever, yeah. yeah. So, and in my experience in Heroes of the Storm is like, there's very rarely solid 5v5 brawls, except yeah. on very specific maps. And so, I don't like wombo combo style compositions, and so his other, his other ulti, um, which is like his ulti from Overwatch, I think is a lot more consistent, yeah. which might have been on purpose, like... Um, so I would like to see th his 
current ulti like tuned down to encourage picking the other ulti and i would like to see a either the the amount of time that deflect is up reduced like when mm -hmm. you use it uh, i'd like to see that reduced to like 0.5 seconds 0.75 seconds even um at, or the cooldown on it increased significantly maybe keep his jump the same okay no that's fair um i like playing as genji i'm not very good at it um i was gonna ask if you'd played him yet yeah i i got him up to like level three uh mostly in ai matches he's incredibly incredibly squishy which i mean is probably the reasoning behind giving him so much mobility between you know his um uh, his sword dash and his jump yeah um i think he's a pretty faithful translation to overwatch from overwatch into heroes of the storm all of his abilities are the same of course and um i think it translated very well but i also think because it's a direct one-to-one -one translation it in turn makes him a boring character um yeah you yeah, know they they don't they don't do anything fun with him and i mean like and that's the thing that really really sucks um just from a design standpoint for overwatch because all of the characters um from overwatch that are in heroes of the storm are pretty much one-to-one -one translations which uh with the only one uh the only exception to that being tracer which is weird because tracer's like the poster child so you would think like she would be the same across the she, board she'd be the one-to-one -one. yeah yeah i mean yeah. Genji's, genji's kit uh, again like i mean i brought this up last week like it does you, like you could you could slap genji into dota or league of legends with the same things and it, uh -huh. he would make sense i yeah. guess um but, so why would so why doesn't he make sense in Heroes of the Storm? Um, I I think he doesn't make sense because, uh, I I I think a lot of like you're trying to pick things off in Heroes of the Storm, and yeah. that's it's difficult enough to pick up a kill in, in that game already, in yeah. my opinion. Um, just I mean when we were discussing the power of like supports and healing. Uh -huh. So it's it's difficult enough to kill someone as it is. There's no reason to make it so uh, a hero can... Like, a good Genji shouldn't die. It was like when Samuro first came out. Samuro yeah. should never die. Ever. Like, yeah. just if you play with your brain, you should never die. And that's that's not fun, in my opinion. Yeah. Kills, kills should feel really good and really rewarding and not impossible to get. Yeah, um, and, and it shouldn't and it be should... something that you do automatically. Exactly. Yeah, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be brainless to evade kills. It should yeah. be. You should be outplaying your opponent. And Genji doesn't feel like he's outplaying me. He feels like he's. I don't know. He he's oh, just. Oh, yeah. He's just squashing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Also, I guess I should bring this up. Um, is his sword dash a targeted <clears throat> ability or not? No, it's not. It's uh, it, it's not a one to one target. It's it works um, similar to uh, like like it gives you an arrow and you get to pick the direction. And you just get to pick. Then, okay, if you yeah. change that to a targeted dash, I think Genji is fixed. Really? 
I do. Honestly, I think that fixes Genji because then you're if that's a targeted dash, then Genji has to use that to go in and has uh-huh. to use his D to escape. And is so that cuts down on his escape tools significantly. Okay. Which I like. Okay. I think um ultimately the the big thing I think for uh Genji to balance him, honestly. Um I think Genji should not be a ranged character. I think he should be melee. But, oh yeah, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. If he if he was melee but he still had like the shurikens on his Q, like on his first ability, I think that would that would be great. Um I think he should be melee. I don't think he should be ranged. Yeah. Uh, and I mean we talked about that too, that that would make him interesting and different from his Overwatch counterpart. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But like, I mean, on the flip side of that, you know, you want you want the character to be recognizable. You know, you want Overwatch here uh, players to come in and go, "Oh, this is Genji. I know how to play Genji in here or in Overwatch, so I should know how to play Genji in Heroes of the Storm." Yeah, I and I will say that keeping most of the Overwatch characters the same is mm-hmm. really great for like MOBAs are notorious for their ridiculous learning curve, and yeah. even Heroes of the Storm has a ridiculous learning curve. Not it's yeah. not as bad as is Dota or Smite or League, but it's it's still there. And so being able to go, well the buttons are like his abilities are the same. So I I don't have to think as much about the character I'm playing. I can focus on positioning on the map and dodging skill shots and um, yeah. having an impact. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean I've I've also been playing a lot of heroes 2.0 um i'm i'm a sucker for loot <laughs> I, I like cosmetics like you know Collect I'm, all the things yeah like i i like cosmetics i like you know looking at pretty things and you know i i want to be a digital designer so yeah i'm gonna eat up i'm gonna eat up cosmetics yeah in any game so it's nice I that l- Heroes of the Storm finally has that, especially for um, for skins, because it used to be like the only way you could get the fancy skins was through a direct real-world translation, and it's or a real-world uh, currency, and like that's fine, that's not the worst thing in the world, but like now, even just a couple days later, I'm seeing, you know, a great variety of skins from other players and myself. And I think it makes the game feel a lot more lively. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it has brought a lot of players into hots, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, I, I still, uh, hots is going to continue to suffer from. It's not that fun. Single player. Yeah. Um, not being able to work, like not having direct ability to work with people is in that game. It's, it's so team oriented. At least yeah. if, if you're like a, a hardcore yeah, um, absolutely. If you're casual, it, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, I've been I've been playing that a lot, and then um, Knights of the Fallen Empire, the the Old Republic expansion. I've been playing that a lot, and like one thing that sucked about that game when it came out was because Warcraft did the whole Horde and Alliance thing. Star Wars felt compelled to do the Republic and the Empire. So it, it, it fragmented and you had these huge stories, but like nobody played them 
because everybody just wanted to be either a Jedi or a Sith. Are and, you referring to like the bounty hunter and smuggler class stories? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, well, and it's funny because the everybody played bounty hunter for a long time. Um, just because, like, if you were a PvP player, then you experienced the bounty hunter story because bounty yeah. hunters were so good at hutball. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I love Hutball, though. Hutball's such a good mode. I Yeah, I loved that game when it first came out, and I played it a lot. I did find the, the there were some disparities in the PvP that bothered me. Yeah. Um, but one thing that's nice with the uh, with the expansion Knights of the Fallen Empire is it's like it forces every single character, regardless of class, to play the same story, which... I mean, has its advantages and disadvantages, but I I'm really really enjoying it. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm playing through as a Jedi Guardian, and it's it's a return to form as far as like focus storytelling. So instead of having you know four or five different stories that you know nobody's going to experience because everybody only wants to play two classes, you have one story that everybody can experience, and that story is just like polished to a sheen so that's really nice that's awesome yeah i I really liked the old republic when i was playing it um i was a inquisitor yeah and then i was leveling a bounty hunter because i was i I really really enjoyed the pvp for that game i just really didn't like they didn't have and and i don't know if they have it now um like an arena style it was it was the battleground style yeah always there was no 3v3 or or i guess it would be 4v4 um, yeah, type of arena, which I I thought would be really fun. I thought the the way that all of the classes worked would have made that a really fun game mode. Yeah, and they do have that now, so that's that's kind of nice. But they also have a uh, PvP starship battles. Really? That's oh yeah, yeah. It's it's really difficult to like wrap your head around it because the the control scheme is way more complex than it needs to be. Oh, really? Yeah, but, like, once you wrap your head around it, it's, like, it's really good. Because, yeah. like, you get, you get like, special functions for, like, you know, devoting all of your power to shields or devoting all your power to your boosters or devoting all of your power to, um, to, to your weapons. Uh, weapons and stuff like that. So, like, you're constantly, like, playing this rotating game. And then on top of that, you have, uh, you know, equipment for your uh for your ship and all that funds like all those mmo trappings as well so mm-hmm. i mean it it is a lot of fun but like i'm i'm really digging on the story stuff the story stuff i'm i'm enjoying the hell out of right now um i'm doing it one episode at a time mm-hmm. to kind of i think knights of the fallen empire is 16 chapters and i think i'm on chapter eight or nine and it's going in a completely different direction story-wise than I thought it was going to go. And it's just, it's really great to be experiencing Bioware doing Star Wars again, you know. Even though this expansion is two years old and they've already released another big story-based expansion. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, um, those are the two two big things I've been playing when I get, you know... 10, I mean, it's end, end of the semester, man. It's hard. 
Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. Are you are you streaming those? Yeah, um, I I do stream them. I don't have a schedule right now. Um, I just kind of stream when I play, and um, I do you... have everything on my YouTube channel in a playlist, so it is archived. Um, so each episode. TV slash Ryan M Holt. Yeah, and then um, yeah, it's Twitch.tv slash Ryan M Holt, and then the archive on YouTube is uh, just youtube.com slash Ryan M. Holt. And I have a full playlist up. Most of them are about uh, 40 minutes. I think there's a couple that run just a little bit longer. Um, and I mean, like, as much as, you know, Bioware has been influenced by things that they've done since uh, Knights of the Old Republic, like Mass Effect and things like that, like, there are still things I'm doing... Um, for in the story that is just like I will sit and I will look the, look at the prompt for like a good five minutes because I I genuinely don't know what to do because it'll be things like well my character's like you know he's a Jedi he's super lawful good and things like that but like the the decisions that you are making are very very difficult. And, um, some of the decisions that you make, like, I could see having an immediate impact on the story. So it's not like, you know, oh, you make this decision and then, you know, six, eight hours later, you know, a character walks up to you and says, hey, do you remember when you did that? Like, all of these have, like, immediate resolution most of the time. And it, like, completely affects the story. There are, you know, those, like, uh, far-flung moments that do take uh, a while for you to kind of feel the repercussions of it, but there are also others that have immediate repercussions. So that's that's really nice how they've kind of balanced that out as well. So I'm yeah. I'm really looking forward to finishing it. Um, and then after I finish Knights of the Fallen Empire, I'll move on to Knights of the Eternal Throne, which is the next expansion that they did after that. Um, I'm not sure how many chapters that one is, but I'm about a little under halfway through right now for Fallen Empire. So if if you want to watch, um, see me squirm at hard decisions, uh-huh. you can do that on YouTube. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. But on to news, uh, my favorite fighting game of all time, Marvel vs. Capcom, is getting a new iteration. It comes out September 19th, and I'm super excited. That is my favorite fighting game. Fighting yeah. game like series. Um, yeah. I love Marvel vs. Capcom, and I'm super excited for it. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they are changing some stuff up formula-wise on this one, though, which has a lot of people kind of confused and... You know, not not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I personally think it's a good thing. Uh, the big one right off the gate is, um, unlike Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and Marvel vs. Capcom 3, um, you only get to pick two characters instead of three. Okay. And um, they are allowing you, after you pick your two characters, to pick an Infinity Stone. And each Infinity Stone has its own properties and bonuses and things like that. Um, 
do you do you read comics at all? Do you know what the Infinity Stones are? I I am very aware of what the Infinity Stones are. <laughs> okay. Um, I the thing that's, that's really interesting here, um, is I don't I, nobody will remember this game because it was not very good, but I think it was Street Fighter X Tekken. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that yeah. game was really good. Actually, I enjoyed the hell out of that. You game. liked it? I oh, see. Yeah. I didn't like the way the gems worked. Yeah. Um, that bothered me. And so the I'm a little bit worried about how the about Infinity Stones how will the translate. Infinity Stones will translate into Marvel vs. Capcom. And I do I will say I do kind of agree with moving down to two picking two characters instead of three. Yeah. I always thought that my third pick didn't really matter like it mattered from just a support it was like as my support call basically was what i would use my third pick for i was never really interested in trying to like close out a fight with them most of the time um so i don't see a huge problem with moving down to two i know that a lot of people will be like no i had my team at three and and stuff but i'm okay with it yeah um, um, I'll, I'll be interested to see how the Infinity Stone comes in. It's one of those things where, um, on the competitive side, like why why complicate an already incredibly complicated fl- like frame counting fight? Yeah, fight by adding like weird bonuses to certain things. Yeah. Well, so it's not just bonuses, right? It's it's bonuses and abilities. Um okay. they showed off they showed off a story mode trailer and then uh they showed off a release date. And in that story mode trailer they confirmed a couple of new characters and of course some returning ones. Um the new ones uh that have everybody excited is X from Mega Man X is coming, which is great because yeah. we've never seen X in a Marvel-based fighting game before. Um, Mega Man was in Marvel vs. Capcom 1 and uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, but that was just yeah, regular Mega zero, Man. It wasn't zero, X. Three. and It wasn't X. Zero was in 3, and X was a costume for Zero and 3, which pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, but, uh, Mega Man X <sighs> is my favorite iteration of Mega Man, so I think, that was a little yeah. silly. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it was zero, but with a Mega Man skin. So like Mega Man was like using the sword and stuff. Yeah, it, it was weird. It was weird. This is wrong. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Um, and then the other big one from the Marvel side of things, um, aside from the already announced Captain Marvel, uh, is also Ultron is going to be a playable character as well, which I think is going to be really, really cool. Um, because after his lackluster appearance in the movie, it'll be it'll be nice for people to realize how much of a badass he actually is. You, you mean you mean Magneto with an Ultron outfit? Yes, yes, I do mean <laughs> Magneto with an Ultron outfit. Um, but the way so each they've only shown off three Infinity Stones. Um, I forget which ones aside from the one they just showed in the gameplay trailer earlier today, which is the uh, Space Stone. And the way it works for the additional ability you get is um, you 
shoot off an attack, and if this attack lands, it traps your opponent in a cube, and your opponent can't escape from that cube. It's got a little bit of uh, backwards and forward movement, and it's got a little bit of height, but like it essentially locks the opponent down. So you can set up a, a big, nasty combo. You might be able to, you might not. I mean, they can still block and stuff like that while they're in there, but like well, it res- yeah. it restricts them from like jumping or chasing or, you know, closing the gap and things like that. It it prevents all of that. Oh, so, okay. So it sounds like it, it'll be better for for your zoners. Yeah, yeah. Um but I mean like it could also be detrimental too because I don't know about you, but like I wouldn't want to put Wolverine in a box. Like, you put Wolverine in a box and you go and try and fight him, guess who's going to win? Wolverine. Like, well, I mean, if, if you're one of those, like, really boring Sentinel players, or you play, you don't play Rush Akuma, you play Zone Akuma, or, like, Iron Man, and you're just sitting on the other side, like, trying to keep them away from you, like, yeah, put Wolverine in a box. If you're like me and you're playing, like, Rush X23 against noobs then bad idea maybe yeah yeah so it'll, it'll be interesting to see unless they take like, damage from hitting the sides and you can they knock don't. them up into it they okay, don't yeah then, then i'm not a fan so it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how that all plays out i'm i'm interested in it from a competitive level simply because all of a sudden you know you have all of these different combinations of characters. And then, you know, what if you ran Captain Marvel and X, right? And Captain Marvel and X with the power infinity stones, pretty good. But Captain Marvel and X with the time infinity stones, like super, like, I think it adds a lot of nuance to already established characters. Yeah. Without, I I mean, it doesn't matter. Without bloating the roster. Rock everybody. Yeah, because well, Chris G. It'll be interesting because apparently this game will not feature any X Men characters. Nah. Okay. So that means that Marvel is like all in on getting the X Men back. Well, that's that's forcing the Infinity Stone arc on on us. I I think the the rumor right now that has been kind of. Uh, circulating through uh, Shuriken.com and NeoGAF, which are two really prominent video game message boards. Shuriken's more specific towards fighting games, and uh, that's their specific target. The rumor is that there will not be any X-Men characters on the outset, but they will be DLC characters. Okay. So, I don't know. Are we, are we going to see Fantastic Four or... See, that's the question. Is Spider-Man. Are we going to see... Spider-Man for sure, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Spider-Man, definitely Spider-Man, definitely. Um, confirmed characters right now. Uh, Captain America, Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, Captain Marvel. There's one more from the Marvel side of things who is slipping my mind right now. Um, Ultron? Oh yeah, Ultron, duh. And then um, X and Strider were the two big ones. Strider was in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. 
Yeah, Strider. And then um, Chris Redfield is back from Marvel vs. Capcom three, and okay. um, then of what course you know. Joe? God, I want them to bring Beautiful <laughs> Joe back. I really do. I I love Beautiful Joe. Um, and uh, Phoenix right. Wright. Yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix Wright. Objection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he 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 was good too. Um, I want them to bring both of those characters back. And the other one is uh, what's his face from uh, Dead Rising? Frank West. Yeah, Frank, Frank West. West. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I would love to see all three of those guys come back. Um. I don't think it's going to happen. I would be satisfied with just one of them. Uh, hopefully, Beautiful Joe. Um, I, w- I would, yeah, Beautiful Joe would be at the top of my list. I think yeah. uh, Frank West's Dead Rising would be... Bottom? No, uh, like, he, well, he's bottom of my list, but I think he would be fan favorite yeah. of those three. Out of those three, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So... I, I hope they make returns. And then, of course, you know, the staple Street Fighter characters. Um, you know, Chun Li, Ryu. Chun Li. Yeah. Akuma. Um, nope. Akuma and Guile have not been confirmed yet. Um, really? Actually, now that I think about it, Guile wasn't in Street Fighter or in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. No. So. Yeah. Which he might not be. Was, the mu- was, the, was Guile's theme song in it, though? That's well. Probably. That's one of the you best gotta, songs I mean, ever. You gotta put, yeah. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm 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 really excited. Uh there is a two hundred dollar collector's edition that my wife won't let me buy, so I might <laughs> so I might have to like crowdfund it. Um it comes with the six DLC characters. Um, one of the DLC characters, the only one to be confirmed right now is Sigma. So Sigma yeah. will be playable, but as a DLC character. And then, um, so it comes with six DLC characters, four premium costumes, which has Evil Ryu, Gladiator Thor, um, Command Mission X, and World War Hulk Hulk. And then it comes with four, not one, not two, four statues. Um, it comes with, yeah, it comes with a Chun-Li statue, a Ryu, or, uh, yeah, Chun-Li, Ryu, or no, 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 Chun-Li X, Captain Marvel, and Iron Man. And it's $200. It comes with four statues, $200. And the DLC packs, so. But but no fight stick. But no fight stick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. But no fight stick. Uh-huh. Um, speaking I, of though, one I thing that is, that. one thing stick. that is really cool about it though, is this game is going to be released on Steam, on day one. So that'll be that'll, that'll be, be interesting cool how that affects competitive too because. Yeah. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see what like Chris Wong and Chris Wong, Chris G and uh is it Jason Wong? No. I don't, I don't know, know be, who that is. What they decide to play on. Those are like the Wong Wong is like basically the best fighting game fighter like all around. Like he he's won like a major in almost every like popular fighting game. Oh, um, okay. And Chris G is like the guy that unthroned him at Marvel versus Capcom. 
Um, okay. So there, there, there are more like pro fighters out there than those two, but it'll be yeah. interesting to see what those guys, if those guys like switch, switch over to Steam, um, and like a truster, more trusted internet connection, or if they play, what what they decide to play on, I guess is. Well, it'll it'll be, I think my money on is on PS4 for that. But... PS4, yeah. Yeah, that that's just where my money is on that. Um, so yeah, it, it's coming out September nineteenth. I'm super Justin excited. Wong. Sorry. <laughs> okay, now I know who you're talking about. I was like, it's not <laughs> his name's not yeah Justin Wong. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited um, for that, and that's going to be out in September. So a ways away, but not too far away. No. Uh, something to ruin my fall semester for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right there, finals week probably. Nah, September nineteenth. That's like oh, two September. weeks. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. two weeks after the semester starts. That'll be starts. perfect. That'll be yeah. That's so much better. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So that's that's the big news. And then the other one I wanted to talk about, um, because I know it has repercussions and it has been causing causing waves is Atlas and everything going on with the streaming and image capture of persona five. Yeah. What do you think? Why don't, why don't, why don't you lead this? Why don't you lead this one? What do you, uh, okay. So, break it down. so, okay. So here's the breakdown. So persona five, the developers have said that they will issue um, DMCA's and uh, will like go after you for copyright infringement. Basically, if you stream the game past a certain point, and so the game uses an internal calendar, and so basically there's like there was a date in in July within the game where they were like don't stream after that point in the game because they didn't want spoilers, and then huge like community lost it and was upset. And it, and it was really silly, especially since the game came out in Japan like months earlier, and people already like had looked at the ending, and so everybody was like mad. And so now they've pushed back the internal game calendar date for what you're allowed to stream, but it's still not the whole game, and it's mm-hmm. just really ridiculous for a lot of different reasons. Um, All right, most so go I'm ahead. gonna. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm a copyright okay. holder. That okay. that game is mine. Like, I sold it to you. I don't want you to stream it, so I'm going to stop you from doing so. Okay. Am I right? <laughs> like, Do you have the right? Yes. Should you exercise it? Absolutely not. Okay. Why? Streaming Streaming is great for the video game industry. Like, if there's more viewers, there's more people watching people play video games than people Mm -hmm. watching Netflix and Amazon combined. Yeah. Like, the League of Legends World Final, and that's an eSport. That's not just, like, a lot of people watch just casual streams. It's eSport, World Final. More viewers than the MLB playoffs, or MLB finals. Even with the Cubs... Was that was that 2017 or is that 2016? Uh, that, that was 2016. That's the staff for 2016. I don't know about 2017 because Gil Cubbies, but yeah, but like it's 
if if you want your game to be good, if you're a game developer, you send your game out to streamers that get viewers before it even gets released to build yeah. hype. So, and deep down, I'm like, this has got to be just a publicity stunt by the the devs. Yeah. Um, and if it is, it's working because like I never touched that game, never even thought about playing that game. Now I kind of want to play it. Yeah, Honestly, just to see what it's all about. Just to see what it's all about, like, and why is it so important that there's there's no no spoiler? So, unless you have something else you want to say, like, skip forward like five ten seconds because I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys how it ends. Cause, <laughs> cause screw those guys for telling me w- what I can and can't do. So, uh, one of the endings for the game is while in interrogation, Goro, no idea who that is, enters the room and shoots the protagonist in the head. It's one of the endings. Jesus. Now you know. Ha <laughs> Jesus. That's that's not a subtle ending at all. No, no, it's not. That's the apparently that's the bad ending. That's if you go evil, because it is a JRPG. Yeah. So. Okay. But, well, ending notwithstanding. <laughs> like ending notwithstanding, like I don't know. I mean so I, I think this whole like discussion, right? Like this whole bigger discussion, not necessarily persona, but like just in general, right? This whole bigger discussion about spoilers and things like that, right? Like how how do we as a society and media consumers and things like that, like what constitutes a spoiler? What's okay to talk about? Like, I think the biggest effort I've ever seen in my entire life regarding spoilers was when Star Wars Episode Seven came out. Because it was like this unwritten rule of you don't talk about it in public. Like, you talk yeah. about it in private. You don't mention it to, to, you know, you don't talk about it in the Starbucks at the coffee shop because somebody behind you might not have seen it yet. Like... I think that was like the biggest concerted effort I've ever seen for society not mentioning spoilers. Right. So, and as, as a copyright holder though, like you don't want people to spoil your game because that misses out on a potential sale. Like does Atlas think they're going to make money or lose money off of this already incredibly niche experience you know yeah that's the thing is like i don't i don't think you lose money i really don't i think i mean i've never i i like i haven't sat down and watched somebody play a game that i wasn't gonna eventually buy ever yeah um i've never been so interested in like watching a game and and watch the game and been like yeah i don't need to play that ever yeah um whereas like I, but i've watched people play and it's like i need to play it and experience it myself yeah but, but speaking of just like uh, as far as the copyright goes um i just want to bring up the the guy that kind of started this funnily en- enough was hitchcock uh alfred hitchcock with psycho yeah so, um, and if you don't know, so Psycho was very, was pushing the limits of, uh, is it Hayes Code? Is that what it's called? Um, I have no idea what you're talking about, so I'm going to say yes. 
Okay, I'm pretty sure it's Hayes code. I'll 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 double check. But so basically, the rules on what you're allowed to do on screen were like very very specific, as far as like murdering people on screen and sex on screen and all of that stuff. Yeah, but, and then Spielberg with uh, Temple of Doom kind of flirted with that. Flirted with it too. Flirted with the line. Yeah. So um. Hitchcock, like, in Psycho, was pushing it. And everybody and their mother has seen the shower scene. Yeah. And and so there's a reason that it's shot with, it's, like, 37 different camera angles. Um, it's incredible. But he, like, basically forced the media to keep their mouths shut about the end of the movie. Because the movie, if you haven't seen Psycho, please watch it. It's brilliant. But... The movie, like you think it's over at a certain point, and it's not. It just keeps going. Yeah. And there's a lot to it. Like I'm not, and even now I'm not going to spoil the. Important that you see that movie, but like he forced the media to not expose their ending, and kind of had he had a right to ask. He didn't have a right to like force it on people. Yeah. And I think the same is true for game developers. You well, have a right to ask. I don't think you have a right to keep going yeah well and like the big thing the big thing about this with persona is streaming and sharing features are built into the playstation 4 like there's a button on the controller on every single controller that says share and you can use it for streaming you can use it for uh taking screenshots you can just you that's exactly that is the function of the button it's baked into the os it's not something that you know oh each each developer can uh you know like program this button to do whatever they want like that is a top level button to share things that it's it's designed for the console and like part of me is is kind of cynical about this because if you look at persona 5 and everything like that it's it is a jrpg like to its fullest it's the penultimate jrpg mm-hmm. so they're gonna put it on playstation 4 because that's where all the jrpg players are yep and i mean like did they think they were gonna put it on playstation 4 and nobody was gonna oh man i forgot this button existed like like no they're they're making their own bed as far as I'm concerned on that one, you know. Yeah. Like they could have put it on PS3. I think actually they did put it on PS3. I think it is multi-platform. <laughs> I think it's PS3 and PS4. But like they could have just released it for the PS3. They didn't have to release it for the PS4. That was their decision, and it's it's kind of like you know us as consumers, we have end-user license agreements that we agree to all of the time. Yeah. And like that share button on the system, that is a form of an end user license agreement. Be- that that is a form of communication between the developer of the system and the developer of the game. If you put this game on this system, you should have an understanding that th- your stuff is going to be shared. Yeah. That's that's part of the system, you know? Mhm. Well, yeah, that's the thing is like you and and if you are somebody who watches streams, like there's a reason I haven't watched a ton of Zelda streams, Breath of the Wild streams. Yeah, I know I'm going to buy and play that game 
and I I want to know enough. I don't want to know too much, and I know that I have closed streams of it. I have closed videos of it because I didn't want to know too much about the game. Yeah. And and in, the same is true of those Persona people watching Persona streams. Yeah. I think for the most part. I think you're talking about a really, really, really small number of people that are just going to watch it, and that's it. Yeah. And I mean, like, like especially when you consider it's a JRPG. You yeah, know, and you consider that, how that, niche... That game... Yeah, first of all, that's niche. Second of all, people who play that game are niche. Even more niche than that are people who want to stream that game. Even exactly. more niche than that are people that are going to watch people stream that game. And then, yes. like, the other thing on top of that is, like, it's a JRPG. That game, there's no way that it's less than 130 hours to completion, start to finish. Like... Yeah. And and the that niche group that wants to watch it are, are JRPG players and will play the game. Like, they're gonna play it. Yeah. That's like... Like, I don't watch a StarCraft tournament and go, okay, I don't need StarCraft now. Like, if you're a StarCraft... If you're a, uh, a RTS fan, you... you you play StarCraft. Like, that's what you do. Yeah. It's not a... It, yeah, like, you're just... You're gonna spend the money. Like, what What are you doing? So, hey, I know what Persona 5 is now. I know it exists. Good job if that was your goal. But if it wasn't, like, what the hell, man? Yeah. Well, and especially, like, at the expense of the community. You know? Yeah. Like, there are ways to get your game... I don't want to say promoted because I don't, I don't think it's really a promotion based on, you know, the, the tone of these emails and things like that. I think it's, it's more of a decree, you know, it feels yeah. almost like it, it, it feels like a backhanded slap, honestly. Right. Like persona five, notwithstanding, like if I buy say, Halo 6, right? Which isn't out yet, but it's it's coming. We all know it is. Like, if I buy Halo 6 and Microsoft is like, all right, you can't stream it, like, to me, it should be more buyer beware, you know? Like, yeah. if you're clicking on that stream, no duh, you're going to see freaking spoilers, especially, like, in a story-based game. Like, <sighs> You know, I read Playboy for the articles. My ass. You know? <laughs> like, you're not clicking on that stream. You know, you, you might, like, peruse it to see, like, oh, man, is the gameplay good or anything like that? But, like, you're not going to watch the entire thing to get a gauge on the gameplay. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. is like, Halo 6 is a great example. If people are streaming it before I have it, I'm going to look for the streams at the online multiplayer because yeah. I'm not going to get any spoilers, but I'm going to get to see the game. Yeah. And then I can go, I can buy it and I can play through the, the campaign because traditionally Halo's done a great job with their campaigns. Yeah. And, but I like, I, as a user, I'm aware and I'm aware of what I want and the experience that I want. I do. I get it. Like, it's not like a movie. I, I can't stream a movie. So why can I stream a video game? To yeah. other people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's... It's a different experience, and and I think streaming has only helped the gaming community as a whole. Yeah. I, I, I think so, too. I'm... I don't know. I think that... 
I like that, you know, they, they kind of figured out like what we're doing is a bad thing and we're going to walk back our statement a little bit, but like, I think they handled it in a completely unprofessional fashion that turned Atlas into, you know, enemies for the, the general gaming public, you know, like, yeah. Well, and now, I mean, like I said, I want to play the game, but you've basically ensured I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. I don't know. I might buy it if I can get it, like, super cheap. Like, but, like yeah, if, it, if it's in a humble bundle. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, if okay. I can get it in bundle, or if I can get it, like, on Black Friday for super cheap. For four cents, then cool. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think I think my cutoff on that is going to be, like... I'd pay twenty. I'd pay twenty. Yeah. Twenty for one hundred and thirty hours. I think that's pretty good value. That, no, for sure that's good value. And, and I mean, like, I have zero investment. I've never played a Persona game in my life, so yeah, me neither. I'm it's not just... gonna plop sixty dollars on it, you know, the day it comes out. So yeah, I'm definitely not core audience as yeah. far as that is concerned. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. On the other side, like, honestly, maybe I'll buy it. And I'll play through it, and I'll stream the whole thing, and post it on YouTube on lots of different accounts, and just be salty. But I'm not going to. That's the other thing is like there's a lot of people that are posting regardless, right? Like there are people that are like, oh man, I I don't care. Like you know, you you want to censor this, like. there, there are people already doing that. Well, it's, it's like, it's the black, the blacklist rule for books. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna put my my book on the blacklist? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna put my book on the blacklist. Let Let's do a public reading in the middle of town square. Yeah. Well, like... no, but that, it, you guaranteed it. That's a bestseller immediately. Yeah. Like you guarantee it. So maybe, maybe they are just drumming up sales. I don't know. I think it's a dumb move. I think the way they handled it was very unprofessional and kind of, I don't know. It came off to me more like they cared more about the perception than they did the game. Yeah. Yep. And that's frustrating because from what I understand, those games are incredibly, incredibly good. And from what I've seen, those games are incredibly good. And they're they're great tactics experience. And there's, a lot of depth to it and to have a great game be overshadowed by, you know, petty, you know, don't talk about spoilers on the internet slap on the wrist crap. Like, I think that's a disservice to the game. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you, if you put like a letter similar to the, uh, you know how all the Wii games have a little thing about don't play too long because your eyes will fall out and, and you'll die. Um, things at the beginning of the games that you just click past. Yeah. Put that in there. Hey, uh, we we really like the end of our game and we want it to be a personalized experience for each player. Please, please try and not spoil it for other players experiencing our game. You put that in, I got a lot of respect for that. Absolutely, because that comes across as like, hey, we take this very seriously. We want to make sure you know, everybody enjoys this. We want to make sure it's good. We want to make sure that, 
this is a meaningful experience for all of our players and not just the ones who decide to talk about it. Exactly. I think Mass Effect, like, and that's the other thing. So, like, Mass Effect Andromeda, right? We talked about this, what, like, two weeks ago? Yeah. I haven't put any more time into it. (laughs) Like, I I, I seriously haven't. I haven't put any more time into it. So I have no idea what happens in the story. I have no idea where it goes from here. Like, I haven't put any more time into it. But because I care about that franchise so much... I'm not like, oh, don't have time to play it. Let me pull it up on YouTube and watch the ending. Exactly. That That is something that I am choosing to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, that, like I said, I feel the same way. Like, I'm not going out of my way to get Breath of the Wild content. It's so when... good, Dylan. It's so good. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I'm not, like, I'm not, I want to enjoy the game how it was meant to be enjoyed, and that's playing it not watching yeah. somebody else play it. Yeah, with with a nice glass of brandy. Um cuz <laughs> it 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 is that good. Like Scotch, it is Scotch like man myself. Oh yeah, yeah. That <laughs> it is that good with, you know, a nice your drink of choice <laughs> and just sit down and like turn the 5-1 all the way up and just take it in cuz yeah. it is it is one of the best gaming experiences ever. So uh, I I am glad to hear it. Yeah. So, so this this conversation brings up just a question. I just want to cover really fast before we we move on. Yeah, um, to competitive stuff. What is your your like? What what do you think is a fair amount of time after X Media is released to freely talk about it in public and on social media? Um, God, that's so tough. Because I I, I I have a two week rule. Um, two weekends, sorry, two weekends rule. I think that that is generous. I also think that it's unfair. Um, and I think part of the reason with that, right, with spoilers and things is I think it ultimately depends on the medium, right? And I okay. know that's like such a cop out answer. I know that's a dumb answer it's a, and it's I know a pretty answer, but it's okay. Yeah, so, like, here's the thing, right? So, um, we record this podcast on Thursday. Uh, tomorrow, Friday, the new Gorillaz album comes out, right? That takes an hour to listen to, right? So, I'll probably be talking about it Monday, you know? Because it's it's a CD. It's something, well, I mean, it's nobody uses CDs anymore. But it, it's music. It's music, right? So, yeah. like... Everybody can experience it in an hour, you know. Well, and it's, it's in an hour at their convenience, right? A, so, and as a, yeah, as a casual, you can experience that hour doing other things. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, their new album comes out on tomorrow. I will probably be talking about it on Sunday night, like freely, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like a movie, right? Even though a movie's similar in time, you know, as far as time commitment for a uh, a song and uh, an album and things like that, even though the the time commitment is is measured in hours, that same measurement, um, a movie I think has more barriers of entry to it as well. So you can't talk about about it immediately, right? Because not only 
like it's not something that on day one you know you pull up itunes or what have you you press a button and you're watching it you know when a movie comes out, you gotta you gotta buy tickets. You gotta go to the theater early. You gotta you know it's it's a process, right? Yeah. So where this comes in, I think I think two weeks for movies is fine. I think that's great because that gives people ample time to see it. Because ultimately, the consumption of that media is not up to their sense of control. Um, within within certain limitations, of course. Um, you know. Oh, I I really want to watch this movie. It's 11 o'clock at night. Okay, well, we have to get a matinee on Sunday morning or whatever. You know? Um, Whereas something like video games, I think video games are really interesting in this conversation because... So right now, Breath of the Wild, right? We're going to keep coming back to this because I think it's a very good example of this, right? No, it's a great example. Breath of the Wild took me... I would say like ninety five, like I'd I'd say ninety to a hundred hours to complete the story, right? Okay. There are people speedrunning it that are doing it in forty minutes. So yeah. like your your consumption time with video games may vary based on numerous things, right? So like like Halo, right? If you're playing on just say normal, right? My wife loves video games. She loves playing them. She has problems with first person shooters, like moving and shooting at the same time. So her getting through the story in Halo is probably going to take on average on normal difficulty, probably about 15 to 20 hours longer than it will take me. Yeah. Just because there's a certain skill element attached to that. Yeah. So with video games, I think this whole talk of when is it acceptable to have spoilers and things like that, it's, I don't know, like, that that is, like, a very loaded question. Because, like, here's the other thing, is, like, what about if it's a video game that doesn't have spoilers, right? Of course. Because, well, like, it's the same like, thing with, like... Look at, like, Smash Brothers or League of Legends or Heroes of the Storm. Like, yeah. That is experience based. That's something that you can only experience. There's there's no spoilers in that. Yeah. Well, that's you know? like it, for for those, I would say it's more of like talking about it, how a tournament ended up. If if you're talking to somebody that you know is going to go back and watch it. Yeah. Um. But the, which, I mean, that's that's like the competitive nature of that. Yeah. Like I'm I'm talking more broad, like but, just but broad, like, yeah, strokes. broad strokes. Like you're you're correct. Don't talk about. Like, t- t- you can talk about the end of Transformers because everybody knows how Transformers is going to end. If you talk about the end of The Sixth Sense, P.S. Bruce Willis is dead, then you, like, you've ruined the entire movie. Yeah. So, like, there, you're right. There's a huge difference. And, and I mean, like, two weeks is good for movies. Is two weeks good for games? I don't know, especially and when... Is it game by game? Too. I I I think it I by nature I think it has to be. And well, okay, and here's the weird weird thing with this is stuff like like Pokemon, like before I go to play a new Pokemon game, I want to know everything about the Pokemon game. I want to know I, all the new Pokemon. I look at all the gym leaders. I strategize like where I need to be catching things before I do a playthrough. Yeah. 
Whereas in a game like my my first playthrough of Skyrim, for example, I just started playing and just messing around and kind of like weaved the character into what got me through the game. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. I went back and played it as Captain America and then played it as whatever else. Yeah, went through and like, okay, I know this skill leads to this, this skill leads to this, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm going to play it as, as a Viking and just punch everything to death. Like, Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question. I think that that, because of the nature of video games are not, video games are about story. I, I, I was about to say video games aren't about story, but that's like a huge disservice. But like because video games are so inherently backed regardless story multiplayer what have you because they're so inherently backed by player experience i'm just i'm cautious about spoilers regardless of time frame that has passed yeah and i don't know if i don't know if that's i, I don't i don't think I don't there's know. a right it, answer it, it i don't think there's a the right spoiler. answer too. i don't think there is either i think I don't know. I, I'm one of those. I'm one of those people that like has to have a black and white rule for, because it, yeah, it'll come up. I remember when so Spider-Man Two, not the Tobey Maguire one, but the other one. Um, oh yeah, no, that I totally I, I spoiled that at, at work, like two days after it came out on accident, because I thought somebody somebody said they were gonna go see it, and I was talking to them, and they like didn't get to go see it, so I I ruined the movie. How did you ruin that happened in the comics? Like, <sighs> sorry, that, that's a horrible a, example. <laughs> it's a horrible example, but like I did, like I ruined. Yeah. So like it, I don't, I don't know. Like I need that black and white rule. Yeah. So yeah. And I think, I think with video games, it's because video games are ultimately tied to player experience. I think that that's, that's something that that rule doesn't exist in traditional in like that traditional like okay it's been 48 hours let's talk about this you know i i think mm-hmm. i think it comes back to that whole streaming thing right it's like you the have to be experience. very you have to be very clear with who you're talking to and things like that like you know when i yeah. click on a stream i know what i'm getting I- I would go so far to say as, as an extension of user experience of any game is what you look up and view about the game. It's not just playing the game. Your user experience includes the streams you watch, the articles you read. Yeah, well, and like with Zelda, that that's huge. Like with Zelda, specifically with Breath of the Wild, because like there's so much weird, bonkers stuff you can do in that game mm-hmm. that like... I mean, I've I've beaten the game, so I have no problem, like, you know, Kotaku posts an article, oh, man, players are doing this weird thing in Zelda now. Like, I yeah. have no problem clicking on that, but, like, somebody who hasn't experienced that game might not, like, understand what they're seeing. And... Well, and as long as you have that titled right, it's that person's, it's my responsibility to not click on it. it yeah, it's your responsibility as a viewer and consumer of media yeah. To pick what you consume as far as that's concerned. Something, something, media literacy. Something, yeah. Something. No, I, yeah. Okay. 
Good question, Dylan. Thank well you. done. One gold star for you, <laughs> and none, and none for Gretchen Wieners. Is the, um, is the gold star large enough to cover up the fifty demerits on my wall? <laughs> yeah, no. I I think that's that's a really loaded question. I I, I like that. That was good. Um, so moving on. Competitive corner. Yes, competitive stuff. What do you got? So. Uh, League of Legends spring um, is nearly done, like the spring season. So mm-hmm. we have LPL, which is the Chinese League, I think ends this weekend. Um, last weekend, we had the North American LCS ended. And then I think it was last week, we also had the LCK, which is the Korean League, end. And the Korean League final was the Telecom Wars. It was SKTT1 versus... Um, uh, KT Rolster. Yeah. Which is like two best teams in the world, hands down. Um, I don't, I haven't seen another team that I feel like can take more than like a game out of 10 off of either of those teams. Yeah. Except so, when they play each other. So this was Clash of the Titans. This was Clash of the Titans. This was, yeah. This was really, ex- holy cow. So, um, they play a best of five series. Spoilers. <laughs> um, SKT three owed KT Rolster. Wow. Yeah. Just and, rolled them. Uh no. Every <laughs> game was excellent. Every game was nail biter. Every game was a nail biter. Like totally awesome. go watch all of those games. Um, I was really excited. Mostly SKT, which is my favorite team, and everybody's like, "Oh, you're a big bandwagon fan." And uh, I lived in South Korea the year that they, like, rose uh, to the top of the Korean League. And they have just kind of a really interesting story of it was a couple of players that were rejected by other teams. And Faker, who's considered the best League of Legends player in the world. Yeah, like, of all his time. His whole career, of all time. He's the Michael Jordan of esports. Um, so, like, Faker was, like, the best solo queue player and got picked up to form the SKT team and they've just been gods since then. Um, except for the season after which they were good, but they weren't Samsung white and blue good. Um, and so KT Rolster is basically like this, like the Korean Exodus, which was the Korean players after the se- after the season, Samsung uh, white and blue, like were playing against each other in the final and so they changed the rules that um, you weren't allowed to have a sister team, whoever the sponsor was. You were only allowed to have one team. So, like, a bunch of Korean players exodus out of Korea and played in China and, and other places in the world. But the majority of them went to China. So they've come back now, a lot of them. And this KT Rolster team is, like, the super team formed. Of, from, like, like all of these players. exiles. Yeah. Yeah, coming back. Awesome. As well as teams from – or players from um, – the the tigers um from last year who were like the only people that were even close to competing with skt so those three games really good watch all three of them it was great to see peanut who was an ex tigers player uh who's been on skt uh come in at jungle and see a lot of success he's had kind of a rocky season and there's a lot of like different theories why but it's that so all of the lanes in skt are like second to none basically 
except yeah. for maybe KT Rolster. And so as a jungle player, it's really hard to shine when nobody needs your help. Yeah. And if you're and if and in the way they do picks and bans, you don't necessarily have a stronger champion in the jungle than your enemy jungler. So he he looked really good. Nice. Which I think is great. So uh SKT has qualified for the MSI, the midseason invitational for League of Legends, uh, which is cool. And then in North America we had uh, the classic Cloud9 versus TSM. And people will say, like, that's not the classic. The classic is CLG versus TSM. CLG has not been good enough for consistently long enough for that to be the classic anymore. C9 and SK or, or C9 and TSM are the two like best teams in North America consistency-wise. And so that is the game that I always want to watch. And that was our final in North America. Uh, went to five games. Nice. Um, TSM rolled the first two games. Like, just mm -hmm. I thought I was like, this is terrible. I'm a Cloud9 fan. This is awful. Um, Cloud9 came back, won games three and four. TSM forced a game five. Four, they forced a game five. TSM won game five. Like, it was another great se like series. Great League of Legends <laughs> to watch. So now we're getting ready for MSI, which is weird. There's like a weird play in stage because we have all of the like wild card regions. So Vietnam, Japan. Turkey, Oceania, um, so the non-major regions, yeah. what we call them, Brazil, um, have to, like, they're playing, like, group stages between those regions, and then the winners of the group stages have to play against North America and China, and I think that's it. And, like, Europe mm -hmm. and Korea don't have to, like, play that stage, and then you get into, like, the actual tournament. So that'll be fun to watch. It's, like, the uh, the second biggest international tournament of the year, and I'm excited for it. Nice, nice. Uh, well, um, I want to be interesting to see who gets second place. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's great. I love that. Cloud 9s very, very well established, just in the esports world in general, not necessarily uh, specifically League of Legends, just across the board. Yeah, their Halo. No, their no. Halo team's really good. Uh, they sponsor really good StarCraft players. Jack's um, done a great job with them. Yeah, and that's actually what I want to talk about is I want to talk about StarCraft, but I'm not going to be talking about StarCraft 2 because well, Brood War is back. Of course! And it's freaking awesome. So Blizzard put out a new patch for Brood War, which is, what, almost 20 years old. It's 19 years old right now. Um, it'll be 20 and 19, or in, uh, 2018. So almost, almost 20 years old, 19 year old game. Blizzard patched it. Um, it is now free. You can download it for free. You do not need a serial key. You do not need anything. You can just go to Blizzard's website and you get it for free. It's sweet. Um, and they updated it so it can run on modern OSs without much trouble. There's still a little bit of compatibility issues here and there. But generally speaking, you're, you can run it on modern systems without a hitch. So that's really cool. Um, and I found out something really interesting about me. Um, despite playing StarCraft for most of my adult life... Um, I'm really bad at StarCraft. <laughs> um, so I've been trying to, you know, look up more advanced strategies and figure out how to up my game. 
and there is there are so many so many subtle nuances to brood war that like make that game freaking just the perfect example of what you want out of a strategy game i i don't know when we will see a better rts than brood war i don't think we ever will like i mean that's coming from a warcraft 3 yeah and like i mean war 3 war 2 command and conquer like you know all of those games are great like we'll ever see a better balanced no like it's it is perfect yeah brood war is is so good but like i am i am horrible at it but like i found a bunch of great resources to like help me up my game and like there are so many like subtle subtle nuances and subtle tricks that you can do as a player that just make the entire experience like change just on a dime like one of the things I learned, um, so in Brood War, if you organize your units in like a grid formation, um, yeah. first things first, in in Brood War, unlike in StarCraft II, in Brood War you can only select twelve units at a time, um, whereas in StarCraft II you can select an infinite amount of units. Um, where this comes into play is specifically me. I play Zerg. Um, always have, always will. Um, with Zerg, the basic unit you make is a Zergling. And whenever you make a Zergling, you do not make one, you make two. So if you're, if you've got 50 supply of Zergling, you're actually balancing a hundred units, right? And that's just Zerglings. That's not counting any workers. That's not counting any overlords. That's just Zerglings, hundred units for 50 supply. Managing like Queens and stuff. It's yeah. Yeah. So if you lay, you you can only select 12 at a time, which is problematic when you're supposed to be, I mean, it's, it's Starcraft. It's, it's a war game. You know, you're, you're waging war with hundreds of units and setting up flanks and, you know, setting up drops and managing your minerals and building units and all of this stuff. So selecting only 12 units at a time is, I don't want to say it's a problem because I used to think it was a problem, but now it's a challenge and it's a good challenge to have. Like it's, it's a good problem to have. So if you organize your units in Starcraft, right? If you organize them in a grid like fashion, right? Where you do them like one right next to each other and you do like, you know, a four by three. So four wide, three deep, right? Yeah. If you do that, they will stay in formation wherever you move them to. Right. But that's only if they're within like a certain distance of each other. If you break them from that distance, they will all try and converge on whatever point you're clicking on, right? Yep. Now, where this comes in handy is mutalisk plays. So mutalisks are a flying unit, um, and you can grid them out the same way, you know, where you do four by three and everything, and they will stay in formation. But you can also stack them. And in order to stack them, the way the game does its pathing is you put 11 mutalisks and one overlord, right? Yeah. And you keep that overlord out of the grid formation. Because the overlord's slower, he's never going to catch up to the mutalisks. 
So yeah. you put them all in this... Uh, you, you put the Overlord on one end of the map, like behind your mineral line or whatever, and then you have all of your mutalisks. And with all of your mutalisks and everything like that, these mutalisks are now stacking on top of each other. So your mm-hmm. opponent only sees one mutalisk, but it's yep. 11 mutalisks. Yep. And like... It's a weird subtlety because, like, that can throw your opponent off. And, like, all of these these small, tiny intricacies and optimizations, like, StarCraft II is the reason we have eSports. Or, StarCraft. Not StarCraft II. StarCraft. Brood War is the reason we have eSports, right? Counter-Strike, League of Legends, Halo. All of that is because of Brood War. And it's because of what Brood War did to the South Korean economy. And, you know, they they have been playing this game for the same amount of time, for 19 years now, and they have that down to a science. Yeah. And to find out all of these, like, subtle intricacies that I didn't know when I was, you know, 12 and first playing Brood War, or 18 where I was playing Brood War in high school with my friends... Or 22 when I was in college and we would drink and play Brood War. Like, <laughs> I did not know any of these intricacies. And now that I'm, like, re-experiencing it for the first time with this high-level play, and because the game is free, everybody's playing it now. You know, yeah. it's not just, like, 200 people on a 20-year-old game. It's, yeah. you know, it's significant. So, oh, like. Sure. Figuring out all of these intricacies in kind of this reinvigorated community is just it's the best it's great i love it i i, I remember it. going to a pc bong with my roommate when i was in south korea and uh he was like let's let's play some starcraft one it's like yeah okay and i had never been beaten in a video game so bad <laughs> especially a video game that i'd like played like a little bit i didn't get like nearly as nuanced in starcraft one as, as three but i'd played it yeah and like he was like a casual player and you were just getting wrecked he rocked me (laughs) and it's like there's i mean it's it's the same thing like it's it's rare to find an adult uh like an adult it's rare to find somebody that's like absolutely terrible at first person shooters in north america in in the u.s i think um so many people like our age like grew up with like GoldenEye and then Halo and then Call of Duty franchises and kind of stuck with it. Yeah. And and so you get like people are are better than average at that game and like all of us suck at RTSs generally speaking. Yeah. But over there like everybody was just not everybody but people that played video games were consistently good at StarCraft and it was weird. Yeah. It was weird to get rocked like in the fashion that I was getting rocked. Yeah. No. By so somebody I've been... who was like, I, I, like, he was like, you're probably going to beat me. I never play. It was just over. It was, oh, it was bad. Yeah. No. So I've been, I've been playing a little bit here and there. I'm just, it's so great to be back. And like, I can't wait for Starcraft remastered to come out, which is like the HD upscaled brand new graphics thing that they're doing. Yeah. That stuff will be really good, but yeah, I'm 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 super excited from that and just kind of re-experiencing 
this thing that has been with me for so long is great. Yeah. So Sweet. where 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 do you get StarCraft One Brood War? Where do you get Brood War? Um, you can just go to um. Oh, since Blizzard retired Battle.net, I don't know if you can just go to Battle.net and get it. Um, you should be able to just go to like Blizzard, like just search Blizzard Entertainment on Google, and then um, so go from it's there. Blizzard's website, it's not on the Blizzard client. No, it's not on the client yet. It'll it'll it's... move on to the client when okay. Remastered comes out. I was I'm gonna sure. say so Remastered will be on the client, correct? I I would assume so. I don't think they've said one way or the other, but I would assume so. I wish they'd put War Three on the client. It makes me sad. Yeah. Same here. Same with D2. D2 is always good. Anyway, that's all I've got. Thank you so much, Dylan. It has been a wonder talking with you. I'm I'm glad we dove into spoiler territory. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we we got in depth with some stuff today. So Yeah. I enjoyed it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening and go out, have a great week. And remember, you always have to be kind to your fellow gamers. Everybody's doing this for fun. It's a hobby. So treat it as one and be kind to others. Thank you guys so much and have a great afternoon.